0: God to watch over each and every one of us. All right, you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Let's stand as we honor God's word by standing. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to begin reading in the fourth verse, and I'm going to read through the sixth verse for tonight's message. Verse four says, for he spake. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, the same place is certain place, if thou shalt enter into my rest, seeing therefore (coughs) it remaineth that some must enter therein, they to whom it was first preached, in or not in because of unbelief again Father we're so wonderfully blessed we thank you for your word and and Father I thank you for giving me the leadership and being able to teach it Lord Uh, as everyone knows (coughs) the book of Hebrews is not an easy book has a lot of the Old Testament in it and Lord I just pray that you'll see fit to help us to bring those things together and help us to understand why that uh, why that, um, especially tonight, Father, we want to understand, uh, the seventh day rest that God took when He, when He, uh, finished the creation. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we're thankful for everything. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, that's the title of my message tonight, The Seventh Day Rest. Now, this is this is very interesting. Uh, the great apostle that is being Paul is directing the attention of these Hellenistic Jews back to something that Moses, through the inspiration of Jehovah God, said to their forefathers concerning the creation. Now, when he, he's talking about that in a certain place, now, I, I know you... You you wonder well where where do we get this from? Well, when you begin to understand this and begin to see, you know that he's referring to uh, the time that Moses wrote concerning the creation. Now, Moses, even though even though Moses may not even been alive when, of course, when the creation was created, when the creation came. But still, Moses is the writer of the first five books of the <laughs> Old Testament. <clears throat> so Moses wrote the book of Genesis, and this is where this is taken from. Moses, being the writer of Genesis, said, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, he had made genesis 2 and verse 2 now there is a better rest for a believer than for an unbeliever god's rest at the time of creation is a type of our eternal rest which every blood-bought believer enjoys we enjoy it now not not later on not after we die of course, we're going to enjoy it after we die too but we enjoy it right now. It brings joy to our hearts and and we enjoy it and the seventh day rest of God was a type of our eternal rest that we that we are blessed with because we're believers uh, uh, even here tonight. Now, this rest Jehovah God took does not imply that he was tired now. You know, I, I've, I've heard it said over the years. I've heard a lot over the years. And, and as the farmer's insurance guy says, I know we know a lot because we've seen a lot. But uh, I've heard a lot because I've listened over the years and many, many years. And uh, I've heard it uh, uh, implied that uh, everything God did, that he was tired. No, God doesn't get tired. Uh, so, so we have to understand God was not tired. Now, I want you to tie these things into the eternal rest that we have. You know, we, we never get tired of the eternal rest. Oh, we get tired of things that goes on here on the earth, and we get upset sometimes with things that goes on here on the earth, but we never get tired of the eternal rest. We're never going to get tired of it because it's going to last for all eternity. It's not going to be a thing to where that it's just going to be for seven days. But this is a type of our eternal rest. <clears throat> also, uh, God never, God wasn't weary. He wasn't weary uh, at the, at the work that He had done in creating the world because if you study the Bible, you'll find that God spoke the world into creation. God didn't do any work; He spoke the world into creation, and uh, and if you read uh, Peter, as we've studied it, the Bible says in Peter that with one word He can destroy everything. And so we know that uh, that God spoke everything into creation. So so He didn't get weary. God doesn't get weary, just like we don't get weary when uh, we think about. Uh, um, our eternal uh life that we have, our everlasting life that we have. <clears throat> God never took refreshment. You know, we get tired of our work. Sometimes <clears throat> we sit down, we have to get something to drink, or sometimes we take time off to get something to eat. No, God God didn't take time off to get refreshment. And God didn't take time off for ease. From his work so so that does away that does away with it you know if God got tired then he wouldn't be God and if God if God got weary he wouldn't be God now we do know the scripture speaks of 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 God of weariness of God but that's a different usage of the word weary as I as I'm speaking today God God didn't get um, Weary, we know that, God didn't need refreshment because God was refreshed he'd been refreshed ever since all eternity. God never did not exist. God always God planned and purposed everything and while he existed, now some people say, well did God take stop in eternity somewhere and just start writing down plans? No no, he didn't. It it could have been many eternities ago. Many eternities ago, if we want to look at it that way, that God planned and purposed everything for this world. So God God didn't God didn't have work like we know is work. It, was, it wasn't like that, and we have to understand that now, and I'll tie all this together in just a little while. <clears throat> Moses also said, and God saw Everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. In Genesis one, in verse thirty-one, God saw everything he had made, and he said, "Saw he said it was very good." Now, so you have to understand that at one time this creation was good in God's eyes, but I, that didn't last long. Because man polluted this creation with sin. It all began with Adam and Eve. This creation was polluted by Adam and Eve. And as a result of it, sin has dwelled in this world ever since. And so this is not a this is not a perfect world. And I don't think God would look at this world today and say, Well, it's good. But uh, we have to understand that how God thinks. We know that God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. that is God is omnipotent, He's all-powerful. We know He's omniscient, means he's all-knowing. We also know He's omnipresent means that God is everywhere at all times. There's never there's never a place, there's never a time that God hasn't been as we know time time god doesn't know time i've heard people talk about i've said this before i've heard people talk about time and eternity with the two words just don't match because it just it just doesn't match you know there's no such thing as time and eternity because eternity is 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 doesn't have a beginning and doesn't have an end that's why they uh sunday i believe i read to you over in the book of uh of Genesis uh, of of uh revelation where he said i'm the beginning and the end god god is everything god is beginning and end but the thing about it is there's not going to be an end there's not going to be an end there's not going to be an end of god there's not going to be an end of christ there's not going to be an end of the Holy Spirit, and praise God, there's not going to be an end for us. Because, if, you know, I've heard people say, well, you die and then you wake up in heaven. No, you don't die. Start with you trans You transfer, transfigure yourself. You transfig- you're transfigured from this earth to heaven. And, and so you don't go to sleep. This body goes to sleep. But your soul and your spirit lives on and on and is transferred into whichever place uh, it's going to go, or transfigured, I think is the best word. Transfigured. <clears throat> all of these attributes of God that I just spoke about, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, this is his character from all eternity. This is God's character from all eternity. There's nothing, there's nothing has changed about God. God does not change. There's nothing has changed about, ever has changed about God. God is the same, just like Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same way. Same yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> God rested on the seventh day from the creation, but Jehovah God Did not stop doing what Jehovah God did as to, as to the creation. Jehovah Jireh. Now, now Jehovah Jireh means God will provide. God, God looked at his creation and he said, it's good. But he didn't, he didn't, he, he took a, he, he rested, but yet he didn't stop provision for that creation he didn't stop provision for that creation that's the reason the name of jehovah jireh is, is is taught is, is said of in the bible god will provide he kept his provision going from the creation he created and god is still doing the same thing today whether we know it or not whether we understand it or not god makes provision for this world, now I know, you know, uh, people who mock God and make fun of God don't realize God's the one that provides the air for them to breathe. Though those that uh, those that curse God, they don't realize God provides the food for them to eat. God could dry up every field; He could dry up ever field, and He could dry it up with one word. He could dry up every field of of food he could dry up every pen of 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 animals he could dry all of them up and what would we what would we eat there's one blessed thing I, i i believe that this world and i really believe this i believe this world is going to go into a time of famine it's already happening there there are Millions in, in the, in the countries around of Africa and in those areas, there are millions who die every day from starvation. There's people already dying from hunger. Well, how long is it going to take before he gets here? You know, we, oh man, we can't go very long. We got to have something to eat we got to have something to drink. We can't go very long. And I tell you, if famine cuts that off, we're going to be in a bad shape. But remember this one thing. God said, he says, his children will never beg bread as long as they're living. That's just paraphrasing. They'll never beg, they'll never beg bread. God will always provide for them. What, what kind of, what kind of picture are we showing to God today? You know, we worry ourselves sick sometimes because things may not be just exactly the way they should be. But I want to realize, you know, God, God provides, you, you know, you have to believe or you're an unbeliever if you don't, you have to believe that God provides everything that we need in this world. There is not a need in this world that God doesn't provide for us. Not one need. We may say, well, you know, I, I don't want my children to starve to death. You know, if you want to, if you're God's children, your children won't starve to death. God will take, if God takes care of you, He's going to take care of your children too. Especially the little ones. That's what I was telling Ron about Abram. I said, I, I hate it when a child gets sick but I also got to realize God takes care of his children when an old person gets sick they're not necessarily God doesn't necessarily take care of them I'm not talking I'm talking about those that aren't saved you know we you know should we pray for them Jesus said I don't pray for them should we pray for them Well, we do because we're loving, caring people. We're loving and caring people. Sure, we're going to pray for them. But God's going to do with them just like he's going to do with us. God's going to take care of them in his way. Whatever his plan and purpose is for his life, he's going to take care of those. He still provides for his creation this is something that, I mean, there is something that we must take solace in. That is, God has special provision for His own children. He has special provision for His own children. Take solace in that. Take solace in that. Don't, just because these things are going on, you know, well, you know, I've, I've got something to look forward to that A lot of you don't have. I'm going to be going and be with the God. Be with God before long. Be with Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, folks, as I've I've said many times, you know, if if I die in five years from now, you can stand on your head in five years for five years. You know, you, you can stand a lot of things for five years, but can you stand a lot of things for... 50 years, 60 years. These children, I tell you, these children are taking everything for granted. There, you you see, you see that bunch of kids out there. Those are, those are, those are kids out there tearing up stuff and looting and carrying on. They're not grown ups. Those are kids. They think like kids. They act like kids and they don't realize that they are dealing with a god that provides for them too but they don't understand that they don't see that they don't follow that he takes care he takes care of his own even though they think their life of joy and peace has ended he takes care of his own his own life and joy and peace never ends it's always there sometimes we let the world cloud it over sometimes sometimes we let the world take control that's when you have to go to god and ask forgiveness for letting that happen you know you don't you don't you don't let that happen because God doesn't God never takes his joy and peace away from his children. We must never believe God is not being the great provider for his own. Don't ever not believe that. That makes you an unbeliever. Now we're going to tie these two things together. That makes you an unbeliever. If 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 you don't believe that God provides for his own, then you're an unbeliever. You're, you should be a believer. Believe that God does provide for his own because he promised that he, he would provide for his own. And then in Hebrews 4 and verse 5, he says, and in this place again, this same place, he says, if they shall enter into my rest, he says, and in, in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, Well, I'm going to read a scripture that is fitting here for this in Psalms 95 verses 10 and 11. I'm going to, I've got it written down here. He says, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart. That's where we get away from God. That's where we step away from following God is when we err in our heart. One of the songs, I don't remember Kara could probably tell us what song it is, but one of the songs says, If if, if there is nothing in my heart, nothing in my heart, then he's then I'm going to go and be with the Lord. If there's nothing in my heart that he causes that not to be. Let me tell you folks, he said to these people that err in their heart, and they and they and the reason they err in their heart is because they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Now, those that err in their heart, the unbelievers, non-believers that err in their heart, you know, unbelief is an error in your heart if you're a saved person. And let, let me tell you, folks, he says that if you're one of those that err in your heart, he says you're never going to enter into my rest. Let, let, let me and I've said this before and I I'll say it again, I think it's worth saying a lot, and and that is that you know sin in your heart will make you have a guilty conscience. And you're you're trying some way, somehow, to clear those conscience. Well the only way you're going to do it is Repent uh, is is uh, confess, repent of those sins and turn away from them. But we must realize that we have sin in our heart. Those living in this day should really take heed. He says they should they should enter into my rest implies that there will be some. Who will not enter into his rest? Now that's a hard one. It really is. That's a hard one. Because I tell you, folks, is it possible that a saved person cannot enter into his rest? Well, let me tell you this it's possible that a saved person can live their life guilty because they will not confess their sins, they will not admit their sinners. They will not admit they. I'm talking about people that are saved. They will not commit their sins, and yes, they don't enter into God's rest. As I, you remember what I said last week. We're already into God's rest. We're into God's rest because of the promises He gives us, because of the things that He does for us. We're already into His rest. We've been in it. We've been in it ever since we've been saved. But we're the only ones that can interfere with that rest. We're the only ones that can cause turmoil in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirits. We're the only ones that can do that. They can't, no no man can do that. No, No other person can do that. We're the only ones that can bring this calamity upon ourselves when we sin When we know we shouldn't, but we do it anyway. That's why David said in, in Psalms, he says, keep back thy servant from sinning. Keep by, keep, uh, keep thy servant from sinning. He used another word that just left my mind. What's the word, Sam? Yeah, presumptuous sinning. There you go. I just the word just left me. That's old, that's an old person speaking to you. You know, you have times when brains just lapse sometimes. That's an old person. He said, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sinning. You know what presumptuous sinning is? That is planned sin. Planned sin. That's what presumptuous sinning is. It's planned sin. When we plan to sin, oh, we do it a lot. We do it a lot. And, and I'm gonna say this because there's a lot of things I can't say over this because Georgia just passed a hate crimes law and did you know that if I say something over this, it's negative about that, that some people think is racism then uh I can be carried in for hateful speech. You realize that? You know, Georgia just Georgia just in- implemented a hate crime law. Is it, a, is it a hate crime to kill a preacher? Why know? Is it a hate crime to kill a Christian? Why no? Is it a hate crime to come in and burn a church down? Why well, no. Not a hate crime. That's why I gotta be careful what I say. So we we, we must realize, you know, that, that we live under those saints, but we also must know that God takes care of us. As those unbelieving Israelites did not enter into his rest, so will those. Who are unbelievers today they will not enter into his rest in other words they'll they're either they either won't enter into his rest or they will they will uh do something to the rest they already have you know it's i tell you a guilty conscience will make you take you out of your rest sad to say there's a lot of people go around a lot of saved people go around with guilty conscience because they know They do things they shouldn't do. They know that they say things they shouldn't say. They know they do things they shouldn't do. And thereby, as a result of that, they can't find any rest for their souls, any peace in their hearts. Regarding iniquity in one's heart, we will cause one not to enter into his rest. It is highly mandatory that one must confess his or her sins and repent of his or her sins and they will be class, they will be classified or they will be classified as unbelievers. It's highly mandatory. The Bible, the Bible's not just spitting out unused words when it says you should confess your sins and you should repent of your sins and, and, and you should turn away from them and you should declare that I'm not going to do them again. That's highly mandatory. The Bible, the Bible's not just saying words to fill in, fill it in. God just didn't say words to fill in. God said words that are true. Words that are true. Words that are true. You know, people look at you sometimes like, wow, I don't need to confess my sins. I even had somebody tell me that one time. It's not necessary you confess your sins. It is necessary. I don't care what that person says. I don't care what that person may have told some of you. It is necessary that you confess your sins. It's also necessary that you repent of them. You You don't think that's necessary, then read over in the where that uh, Saul—I mean, not Saul, but—but but, uh, anyway, I get—I get mixed up with names. Anyway, he—he he tried to repent with bitter tears, but he could never do it. As I said another time, well, I've already said that. Oh no, I haven't. And as I said another time, we are in his rest every second, every minute, every hour of every day, every month, every year of our lives. We're in his rest. You know, if you're happy tonight in the Lord, say so. We We have kids sing the song, you happy in the Lord, say so. If you're happy in the Lord, say so. If you're happy in the Lord tonight, say so that you're happy in the Lord. Don't sit around like a bunch of of the statues that they're pulling down. If you're happy in the Lord, say so. Why is it? Why is this so that every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month, And every year of our lives, we are in his rest. Why is this so? For he died on Calvary's tree to save us, having mercy and extending faith, grace, and peace to each of his children. He gave us peace. He gave us peace and that peace, that peace should not be compromised. Should never be compromised. In the, in the, in the sixth verse, he says, seeing therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein. Hebrews four and verse six, some did enter in, but Jehovah God swear that there were some who did not. So he goes on to say, and they to whom it was first preached, enter not in because of unbelief. who, who who's he referring to there? He's referring to those older Jews that were warned. They were warned before those younger Jews were warned. And when they, when they, in the wilderness for forty years, those older, those older Jews died because they had been forewarned, and they didn't heed it. They didn't heed it. They to whom it was first preached enter not into in or not in because of unbelief the first and the last heard the same words you know the words of God are no different the words in the Bible are no different you know you take some new Bibles they've changed the words around and they've, they've taken some out and they. but uh, I still stick with the King James Version of the Bible because I believe that that is the one that God preserved for us And I believe that is the very one that God expects us to preach from. The first and the last heard the same words. God's word is as sure as any word one can follow. If one is saved, one will go to heaven. But if one is lost, one will go to hell. That's God's sure word. And I'm going to say tonight, may God bless you and may God keep you. And may God keep you in his peace, and may you not compromise that in any way. All right, let's all stand, if you would, and let's be dismissed in prayer.